Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, uh, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast, which we're doing today live on Facebook Live and uh, I'm joined. I'm Rob Taylor. I'm joined today by Mark Clayton. We're going to be discussing all things Leicester City. Before we get underway, there's a little ritual we have to do at the start of these okay, things. Mark, yeah. you, you being a newbie, yeah. uh, it's to offer our readers and our listeners free beer. Uh, head over to beer52.com and you can sign up for a free case of beer. There's eight uh, variety of beers from around the world. All you have to do is pay your post and you're packing £5.95. But you have to register and use the tag word Leicester to sign up. So head over to beer 52 now then, let's get on okay. to Leicester Real City. Talk. You came with me to Bournemouth, a long old trip down to, yep. to Bournemouth uh, on, on, on Saturday. I tell you, come away with a point, but you would have taken that considering the performance. Yeah, before the game you were saying we could have done with three points uh, here, but the performance, I mean I've not seen every game this season, but it wasn't very good. The first half they were completely overrun, and after five minutes you'd have taken the point because they should have been 2-0 down mm. um, to come away with anything from that game was a testament to changes for the second half in my view that tightened it up a little bit in the midfield and from a rather good defensive performance well yeah I mean we talk about away performances and they've got a poor away record yeah. only two away wins on the road last season none so far this season but that's two consecutive away games where they've not been at the best where they've been under pressure uh, talking of uh, Huddersfield yeah. as well and you came with, with me to that one yeah and they've come away with a point. So whilst there's a lot of negatives in terms of the performance, on the plus side, it's got to be a good point. So not be at your best and still come away with a point. It is, but what would what would concern me about both those performances, and they were, the performance-wise, they were both very subpar, was they seemed to be able to get themselves up for the, for the bigger teams, the bigger games. But both Huddersfield and Bournemouth, it was, it was a subpar performance. And mm. I think... You could see, couldn't you, from where we were, the frustration from Craig Shakespeare and his, and his staff um, constantly cajoling and trying to bull mm. the, the players up a little bit. So would that be a cause for concern? Well, I think certainly, as we've said in the Mercury today, he's got some areas to consider during this international break. Uh, I mean, it's a bit com- com- complete contrast to some of the other performances this yeah. season where we've come away and we've gone, oh, they played so well, but they got nothing from the yeah. game. Ultimately, they got something from the game, but that probably shouldn't paper over some cr- quite large cr- cracks at the moment. Um, let's start with uh, some of the selection yeah. issues because uh, the big talking point before was uh, Riyad Mahrez being dropped to the bench yeah. and Damari Gray, who's been knocking on the manager's door for some time saying mm. that he should be playing more. Well, he got his opportunity. Did he take it? You'd have to say no. Um, I know that uh, from where we were in the first half, he was it was directly in front of us, and we're not very far from the action at Bournemouth, are we? And again, you could see Shakespeare's frustration with him. He was again cajoling, you know, trying to bring him on. I didn't think he, his touch was off. Mm. Uh, he wasn't tracking. I think as the manager would want uh, his runners. He didn't get into the game at all. And when he did get the ball, I think you pointed this out to, out to me several times, 
his 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 balls, his, his passes were weren't weren't up to standard, were they? Oh yeah, he wasn't the only one. I mean, the, the city squandered no. possessions to, all over the pitch, really, and the, they were shown uh, how to do it in many ways by Bournemouth, who were, were very impressive in with possession. Yeah. Obviously, it was their final finish yeah. that, that let them down. But yeah, we we were expecting a change at half time, and uh, we thought yeah. Gray might be it, but. We got another change, didn't we? We had uh, Andy King came off and Vicente Abora came on. Now, Leicester yeah. fans have been waiting a long time to see this guy in action in the Premier League. What did you make of his performance? I was hugely, hugely impressed. I mean, I think the first... He came, he came on at half-time. We think it was an injury to Andy King, don't we? Yeah, he got uh, Achilles his problem. But they changed the formation. They moved Shinji back into a four-man midfield. Uh, the fifth man being um, Ibora, who was just in front of the back, the back four. And he was so assured. He was he was calm. Um, first two things he did was a good saving tackle on the six yard box, and then a towering header from a corner. And he thought, you know, that there was something. There was he's something got presence, about doesn't he? Yeah. And he, he lifted indeedy. You, yeah. you could see he visibly improved. And I think you were impressed, weren't you? I, I was actually. Yeah. I mean, uh, the fact that he's coming to. Um, a new side, new team. You know, he he wasn't scared to try and organise his, his yeah. teammates around, even though he probably doesn't know half their names still at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Wolf and Diddy, I saw a dramatic improvement in him. Yeah, but was, he, yeah. he looks like this season he needs uh, a presence alongside somebody with experience yeah. who's going to help him through games because this, in my opinion, there's probably too much responsibility falling on his young yeah. shoulders at the moment. In a two-man midfield. In a two-man midfield. And, midfield uh, yeah. and when we'll get on to whether they should change yeah. the system in, in, in a minute. But, but Abora... For me, he's certainly played himself well into contention yeah. now for the West Bromwich Albion game. I would have thought, you know, we'll, we'll see in the coming games, but I would have thought Craig Shakespeare will be looking to him as a, as a fixture in the future. I was talking when, when he was talking afterwards, Craig Shakespeare, and he was asked, he was asked about Ibora, uh, and I think I, I, I said to him about, you know, he looked assured, he looked, you know, he got time on the ball, he looked a good player, and of course his answer was. <laughs> What do you expect? He is a seasoned professional. He's been the captain at Sevilla. That's what we're getting. And I think that's the easy thing to forget. This this is a hugely experienced um, central midfield player. And you could you could see that. And he will be a huge asset, I think. It was a 45-minute cameo we saw from him. But 90 minutes is his fitness. Yeah. But there is, yeah. And, you know, we'll come on to it later. You add then silver into that and you start to think... That midfield start looks far more tasty. So at the moment, it looks like um, an area that really needs strengthening for, for City, doesn't it? It looks like an area where they're struggling in centre yeah. midfield. I mean, Bournemouth were playing straight through the middle yeah. of, of City on Saturday. Let's talk about um, the, yeah. the other substitution that made a big impact. Riyad Mahrez, it's the, it was a big talking point before the game. Yeah. Mahrez, obviously, we all saw his performance against Liverpool. He wasn't at the races no, at wasn't, all. No. And as a result, he was left on the bench by um, Craig Shakespeare. But... We saw a bit of the old Mares when he came on, didn't we? We did, and just harping back to Damari Gray again. What we, what we should say is his second half performance was better than his than his first half. You know, you know whether that was Leicester's change in formation that made the difference, but he was certainly a lot. I a thought lot he better. looked better when he went in central areas rather than yeah. being out wide. That's right. He was getting on the ball more, yeah. and he was causing a few problems. There's still question marks about his final yeah. decision, his final ball, his final cross. Uh, I mean, he, there was a great situation when they broke four on five at one stage, and he didn't really look for his no. colleagues. He went for a shot in, in, instead. 
that's an area he's got to improve. But he's only going to improve that by playing more and, and experiencing more. But he's got to be a bit, bit patient at that because yeah. you know when he's getting his opportunities at the moment, he isn't quite taking them. Yeah. And then Maris comes on and shows why he's a player that can do things that nobody else in that. Yeah, squad he did. Can do. I, mean, it, I think we both remarked he looked different class, didn't he, when mm. when he came on? In many ways, it was a little bit of a, a surprise that it was. Um, Albrighton who made way rather than Damari Gray but you, you know you suspected that that was shaky giving Damari Gray the, the full 90 minutes to make a point as much as anything but I think he, first thing he did he came on and he he, he drifted by a defender with, with a neat bit of skill and you think well I think you remarked to me no other player in Leicester's squad can do that yeah. and it created a, one of the few chances that Leicester had he doesn't need pace to get past no. the defender whereas Gray will get out the ball out of his feet and, and, and beat a guy and he, and he can dance through uh, players that are committed and, but he's running at pace all the time Maris can do it from standing yeah. star you know he just a little shimmy a little drag yeah. back and, he, and, he, and he's bamboozled the defender and he, he certainly did it with, uh, with their full back at the one stage and caused uh, quite a few problems so if, hopefully if he could do that more on a more regular basis and that consistency again well, that's, you've still got a world class player they, they have but that, that's the issue with him in in, in this late substitution when he came on, he, he wasn't putting himself about a bit defensively though, was he? When he, no. when, the, he come, when the ball's at his feet, he comes alive. Yeah. Uh, but you know, he got all the energy in the world, but he's tracking back. You yeah, know. yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, I think that's something you just sort of have to yeah, accept. We, I mean, yeah. that's why you've got Danny Simpson playing in behind him because uh, Danny doesn't get forward. He no. just gives him that license, doesn't he? He's the insurance policy. He'll sit in, and I thought. Actually, let's talk about about four because I yeah. thought they played very under pressure. Both of them were very good. I thought they? Simpson, Morgan, uh, I thought Christian Fuchs was outstanding because that was the other yeah. contentious decision. Ben Shilwell hadn't d- performed badly uh, in the no. previous two games, but Fuchs came back in, and we could see why because he, he used all the, his experience yeah, in red situations. Well, didn't he? Made interceptions. And I, I, well, I think we, we we both agree on this. He was City's best player by by a, by a long distance, wasn't he? In that, in yeah. that game, I mean. First half, they were poor as a side, um, but you would excuse Christian Fuchs in that because he was he was doing everything he, you could have asked of him in that first yeah. half. Yeah. Um, again, Danny Simpson, he played well. What what both the fullbacks were, were trying to do, and to a degree, was successful, was cut out the cross before it came in at the source. It it, it was leaving you know it was leaving defenders a little bit less less to do, and it. You know when Leicester was so overrun in that first half, and it, you know, if it had been three 0 you wouldn't have argued. Well, Defoe had two very good chances. He did, in the yeah. Doors and King, who caused a lot of problems for them. Joshua King, he, he had a, a couple of opportunities. The City were hanging on in there, but they, uh, yeah. But uh, I think it was more it was a bit of mixture of their poor finishing and also City's defending that Casper didn't have that much to do. No, he did. No, and that was that was telling, wasn't it? It was a game where, for parts of it, completely overrun, but there were only two or three. Semi difficult saves that Casper had to make, and you know he wasn't pulling off world class saves every ten minutes, was he? No, exactly. Um, now a big bone of contention for fans is systems. Yeah, um, we see a lot of interact with us on Mercury website and uh, on our Facebook page, which I encourage you all to check out. Uh, talking about changes in formation, they want to see a change. They want to see three centre back system or a four three three, and, and we just talked there about uh, Christian Fuchs and Danny Simpson full back stopping crosses at source. With a three centre back system, you've got wing backs. Suddenly, you haven't got that insurance policy. No, I think it was you who pointed out um, that 
it's not about systems. It's about Ball players. Ball plays the same system yeah. as Leicester City, it's exactly it, the same. It's, it's about players, because you can, you can create systems, but if you haven't got the players to play that system, it, it doesn't work. So you would assume that what Craig Shakespeare is now looking at is what is the best way of utilising the players that he's got into a mm. system. Yeah. And that that system is going to have to be, you would imagine, a three-man central midfield. Um, it's just not working. Even with Shinji dropping back to support, you know, they're being overrun. And for whatever reason, you know, other teams can play a similar formation like Bournemouth, they're still being overrun. So they've got to, in some way, bolster that central midfield. So perhaps a way forward would be, because I certainly wouldn't change that back four. I think no. they've got a solid back four yeah. now. Um, perhaps a 4-3-3. Uh, I mean, there's so many little conundrums as well about where would you play Mares? Would yeah. you play Mares in behind a front two? Would you play him in a central area? You know, if you did go with a wing-back system, you know, you're taking uh, Simpson or Fuchs out, well, you, would you use them as one of the, the three at the back and then you're bringing Chilwell in or Brighton in as wing-backs? He's got a lot of options there, there hasn't he? He has got a lot of options, but I can't see him going for a three at the back. Um, I think it will stay as a four, and I think it's the, the midfield area. And I think we might see, with a, a slight change in personnel, something akin to the way they were playing the second half. So the four at the back, the Bora is a holding midfield player, the, the, the four in the midfield, and then the one up front. Yeah. Um, the issue is then going to be um, what the personnel is to make that work. Yeah. And they're going to suddenly have quite a few options in midfield. I mean, we'll come on to Silver later. But when Silver's available, if you would have thought Ibora and Silver are going to be first choice so that leaves one from Indidi James Andy King mm. the forgotten man Daniel Amate mm. um, who do you then play as the wide midfield players because you can't play both Gray and Mares. to my mind that's a huge luxury yeah I'd say I think Mark or Brighton's industry there yeah. balances out the flair on the other yeah. side in many respects but then if you play if you play that system and you play Vardy up front, where does that leave Iannaccio? Mm. Can he really... You pay £25 million for a player and you're saying, well, he'll come in when Jamie Vardy's not fit. or But he's not really a central midfield player, is he? No, and we've seen him... Uh, I know it's early days to judge him, but he doesn't look comfortable playing in that withdrawal no, role. He does Shinji plays. He looks like he's an out-and-out centre-forward. He it's, wants to run behind yeah. defenders. It's not his forte, is it? Vardy, not, so. They bought him for his goals, not for his... Midfield industry and his creation. Mm. So, yeah. Well, uh, I'd say let's move on to yeah. another topic because today is the 10th anniversary of the debut of Andy King. Now, Andy didn't have the best of games on, on Saturday, but he's been a, a stalwart for the club, hasn't yeah. he, for, for 10 years? That is some achievement. It puts him 12th in the list of all time appearance makers for the club. Uh, I think there's only 26 players in the club's history. That have made have been at the club for a decade. Yeah. That's quite an achievement in the modern game. It's a huge achievement. I mean, I mean, you you know him obviously far far better than I do. And I think you you had quite a chat with him after the game. Yeah, a little chat with him down in the down the tunnel area. Did a, an interview with him. And I think this is just the measure of, of the guy. He's a very mature 
uh, guy, very level-headed, very intelligent, and um, and he's very very dedicated. I mean, he yeah. monitors what go- he consumes meticulously because yeah. he wants to be in the best shape at all times. But he also put it into context. He said, uh, you know, when when he's had some great times at Leicester City, but when he's had some bad times. Uh, he thinks about a mate of his at school. Now they both had a dream. His was to be a professional footballer. His mate was to join the army. Yeah. And unfortunately, his mate trod on a, a landmine in Afghanistan and died. And uh, he's, so, whenever he, he sort of thinks, "God, this is getting tough," or people are get, getting at him or whatever, he just thinks of his mate and goes, "Well, I've got nothing to moan, yeah. moan about." And and he was getting visibly emotional as he was as he was right, telling yeah. me telling me this story. So, you know, he is a guy that thinks very much about life and about what he's doing and um, and I think he very much appreciates what Leicester City has done for him in, in many respects not just the fact that he served the club it, through what, what has been a golden era yeah. for the club but what the club's done for him personally and for his family so uh, no, I think it's a great accolade to him um, and I think he deservedly will be recognised as a Leicester City legend in many many years to come he's one of these players that for some reason um, a, a Fringe, I would call it, of, of Leicester City fans, particularly on social media, uh, seem to have a go at him. Mm. Um, I, I, I personally can't see why. I mean, he served the club for ten years. Particularly over the last two years, he's been not a fringe player, but he's been he's not he's not been the first choice. He's come in because of injuries or suspensions. And when he's come in. You wouldn't say he's ever let the club down. Never let. I don't think. But I can't it, remember a game where I think, yeah. well, he's not. He's let the side down there. But he's not flashy, is he? No. He's just a, an honest, honest professional oh. who's, who served the club remarkably over a decade. Early on in the game on uh, at Bournemouth, um, in fact, it was their first chance. It was yeah. King that, that, that tracked the, the runner and was trying to put pressure on yeah. him. They'd gone past the back four. He was the only one that spotted it and went with him to try and put pressure yeah. on him to stop the, the cross. And Defoe then hit the bar. But, um, you know, he, he, I think a lot of his work goes underrated because he's not getting on the ball and, and pinging uh, passes. Yeah. And, you know, and he doesn't score as many goals as he used to earlier in his career because he's changed the way he plays uh, to be more of a, a holding midfield yeah. player these days. I, th- I think sometimes those those things go unnoticed. Yeah, and, and he, 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 there was there was criticism before the Huddersfield game when he was selected in front of uh, others, but you know it's almost forgotten that it was his driving run into the penalty area that drew the foul and the penalty that got them that got them the draw. And I don't see what he does that, that's, that's so wrong to. Mm. To gain the criticism. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the penalty that they won but and ultimately missed against Liverpool, which would have got them a point, it was a key yeah. ball on the outside of his right foot around the corner yeah. and provided perfectly weighted. So he, I think he's still got a lot to offer the club as well, uh, still. And uh, now, congratulations to, to Andy King on, on that, uh, on that sort of landmark. Now, let's move on. There's, yeah. there's a burning issue that. Fans ask us all the time for an update on. We try and give them an update, but we can never find an update because <laughs> there never is an update. Right. Adrian Silver situation. Right. Now, now, I think you can nail one thing here, though, can't you? There is no appeal, is there, in this? No, not that we know. If it's uh, been an ongoing conversation, it's not like there's an appeal process no. that's formal. Um, but uh, from the moment that uh, FIFA informed them that they were withholding the international transfer certificate and uh, with refusing to register Silver, City have been in communication yeah. with them. And uh, I think they've been trying to somehow demonstrate that they uh, have done everything above board. Now, they're just waiting for FIFA to come back to them, and we're all waiting now for yeah. FIFA's decision. And FIFA being FIFA, we could be waiting a long time. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I have, a, I have a theory, and it's got no basis in fact. 
And I okay, have the just theory, your theory. Just, just, just a pet theory that what FIFA are doing is they'll drag this out, they're making a point, and sometime during, towards the middle of October they're going to be able to say, okay, then yeah, the, the, there is an issue here, we think there's, there's doubt, we'll register him. And what they'll have done is they'll deprive Leicester of him for two months, half the period b- before January. It'll take him time to get match fit before he's up and running. FIFA will have made a point. Leicester City will get the point and it'll be a lesson to all the other clubs. Don't leave your business until the last minute on transfer deadline day. Try and get it done before. It could be completely wrong. No, it's, it's, got, it's plausible, <laughs> isn't it? It's plausible that they're trying to use this because it does seem to be a bit of a test case for, for many others. I mean, there doesn't seem to be too much precedent uh, in this. I mean, I know there was the John Gadetti move um, uh, to, from Man City to yeah. Cel- uh, Celtic, which had to go through after the uh, Scottish Premier League and the Scottish FA made representations on Celtic's behalf. Um, so I suppose there is some sort of precedent there because that was overturned and, they, and yeah. it was registered ultimately. But I think that you're know, looking at this and thinking, well, if we let Leicester get away with this too much, yeah, they, they, then other clubs are going to take the mickey here. There's no way they could agree it on September the 2nd, for example. Yeah, they, exactly. You know, they, 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 they've got to make a point as much as anything. The point could be... You know, you can wait till January. Yeah. But we'll... I, I think what it comes down to as well with this is, if, if there is any faults in this, and, uh, and we don't know who who may or may not be at fault, they should be thinking of the player. Mm. The player has done nothing wrong in this. It's his livelihood, his career. It's a World Cup year. That the, the only person really being affected, okay, Leicester City's midfield might be being affected, any person really suffering in all this is poor Adrian Silver, who, mm. who can't train with his teammates, he can't play. It's, it's a fast situation. Well, it is, yeah. When you look at uh, Sporting Lisbon want this done, yeah. Leicester City want this done, the player wants this done, the football associations of both countries want it done, the Portuguese national team who have just left Silver out of the squad because of his lack of first-team football. Fit, He's not he? fit no. enough to, no. for them to have him in the squad. So they've had to leave him out as well. So yeah. everybody wants this sorted. But FIFA's were sticking in the heels. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see, what happens, we'll see yeah. what happens with that. And hopefully we'll hear something um, uh, soon. So head on over now to the Mercury website and our Facebook page for all the stories coming out of the King Power Stadium. It's an international break there, so we haven't got a game to preview later in the week. But uh, um, hopefully all the lads will come through the international games fully fit, return fully fit. And those that haven't had games yeah. will get a bit of game. And they'll let everybody be ready and available for West Bromwich Albion when the Premier League starts again. This is Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong. Don't forget your beer52.com and we'll see you again next time.